It's Özlem Özkan, and this is Bridging, a podcast which will take you on a bridge to somewhere else, sometimes somewhere familiar, and sometimes somewhere new. In Bridging, I interview life experts with a story to share, stories of entrepreneurship, cultural diversity, self-empowerment, personal growth, and other topics that shape our universe. Okay, welcome to uh, Bridging. So I'm the, uh, I get to the pleasure of interviewing uh, Islam Ozkan. My name is Jay Abbott. Let me give you a little bit of a background behind me and Islam. I know Islam, I think now for close to seven, seven years, I think, six, seven years around about. Uh, I met Islam through my wife. Yeah, so we've done a number of, let's call them spiritual journeys and things together. So we've done a number of self-development courses and, and had a lot of interaction in those sort of areas as well. Me personally, uh, I'm from New Zealand. I've been living in the Netherlands now for 17 years. I came to New Zealand from Australia and Sydney where I met my uh, Dutch wife. Well, she's Dutch born and her parents are Turkish as well. Um, so living in the Netherlands, uh, lived in Australia and now we have a son, Tane, who is 10 years of age. So from a personal perspective, that's, that's a bit about me and my travels. Uh, from a professional perspective on a working uh, area, I've uh, spent about 10 years as an entrepreneur having a company in uh, computer security, so cybersecurity, hacking, those sort of things. I have then moved into a global payment system, so online payments, um, finance, those sort of things, a lot to do with money flowing, Forex, stuff like that. And then I've had a business in uh, marketing technology, um, and I've recently rejoined the payments industry again as well. Um, so that's sort of spanning, I think, close to 20 years or something for work history, around those sort of things. I would consider myself an entrepreneur, but definitely big in the business and stuff as well. So that's a little bit about me. Anyway, I get the pleasure of interviewing uh, Islam uh, today just to introduce the whole bridging. Hi, Islam. Welcome. Thank you so much, eh? Yeah, so good good to sort of have you here today. Um, one of the things I was uh, thinking about, you know, because we've been involved somewhat closely in the process of you building this podcast, so I just want to sort of get a, a feel or an understanding around why did you want to build the, the podcast? What was the idea behind doing it? I already knew that I wanted to make podcasts. I wanted to put my voice out there. I just did not really know how to do it. And uh, then I joined a workshop of uh, Seth Godin, the podcast fellowship. And during the fellowship, I created also the podcast. I really had to think about what kind of message am I about to bring here with my podcast. The idea and the concept started developing. I started really thinking about, okay, what is it? What kind of topics do I want to cover in my podcast? There are four topics that I value a lot and that are also part of my whole life. These are cultural diversity and entrepreneurship, personal growth and uh, self-empowerment. Uh, these four topics were very important for me and I was like, I want to create a platform where people can come and listen to different guests that also love these topics and can share their experiences and stories and so and the listener can um, 
get inspired from them and learn from them. Initially, I started creating the title. What is the title of my podcast? I wanted to uh, first have a Turkish name because my parents are Turkish and I thought now it should be Dutch or now it should be English. And I came like, I want that it is a borderless place, a place without any borders of countries. It is open for everyone and the main language will be in English. And I chose for bridging. I really want to take the listener on a bridge together with the guest and me. They go on a bridge and they will be taken to somewhere. And it will be sometimes somewhere familiar and sometimes somewhere new. So whenever you listen to the guest, you will find things of yourself in the story. But you will also learn new things from the guest. I think uh, life is a bit like that anyway. I mean, people you interact with, you speak to, you build a bridge. It's a level of communication, right? You listen, you understand. Some things are familiar to you, like you just said, and some things are new. People bring new things. My friends and my family, they, they will describe me as someone that talks to a lot of people. And that is actually also really what I like. I travel a lot. I have been in different kind of industries with different people from different layers of the society and industries. And it's for me, my passion is learning things about the person, about people, how they behave, why they behave, what motivates them, what inspires them. It's, if I go on a holiday somewhere, what I won't forget is not the building, it's not any site, it's not any forest, but I won't forget the conversations I had with people. And this has been for such a long time and I really feel connected to those people and also to, to our universe this way. Mm, so bridging for you is actually a lot to do with bridging yourself with conversations of people and the discussions that they're having, like definitely, we're having right now. Definitely, definitely. It is really connecting through conversations. Like, you know, I would like to uh, explore different angles in whole bridging. It is not one way, but there are different ways. I truly believe when you explore different angles... Uh, you will get empowered. You will really learn to look beyond your own judgments and views on the world. Okay. Let's look at the cultural diversity part, right? I mean, you're from the Netherlands, born here. You have a Turkish background and you've traveled a lot. So talk me through some of the countries that you've lived in or the countries you've visited from a cultural you know, diversity perspective and think about well, what are the ones that, that, that are most sort of stand out to you or that are most interesting for you and why what's your favorite city in the world can i say only one one at the moment favorite and then maybe we'll give you two but i just want to hear what's your favorite city and, uh, and then why hard one uh, huh? it's yeah. really hard know, because there are three favorite cities i have okay. and i know that there are three so three go with three then fine okay one is amsterdam yep i really really love amsterdam i love the vibe here the multicultural um, society because there are so many different people from all over the world i really love that i am in a world not only in amsterdam in the world that's what i feel that's amsterdam the other one is kyoto and japan that is uh, the ancient capital of japan i've been there twice i really love the kindness and the presence of people in kyoto they are with you they are fully present they're calm 
very, very kind. It felt for me like a pilgrimage. It just really touched my heart when I go to Kyoto in Japan. And the third city is Istanbul. Istanbul in Turkey is the city I love and admire. Uh, when I go there, I feel home. My parents are Turkish. They, they moved here uh, 40, 50 years ago. And when I am in Istanbul, I feel the West and the East at the same time. I feel the clashes. I feel the spark. I feel, you know, there is like these energy. Energy where you, where you do not have anywhere else. I used to work there for an international school. And my colleague said, Istanbul is like drugs. It gets in your blood. You hate it and love it at the same time. I have to admit, when I was living there, I lived there for five years. I had my moments that I did not like it. The traffic jam, the busyness, uh, some noise on the streets 24-7. But it has also this great vibe. People are open, welcoming. You do a lot of things together with people. And, and again, that bridging, you connect to people. I really love connecting to people. Istanbul? Well, there, there's literally quite a few bridges bridging Istanbul, which basically bridges, you know, you've got this big, large body of water called the Bosporus, you know, yeah, that runs yes, through it. Yes. The Bosporus basically borders on both sides, Asia and Europe. I mean, right. For those listeners that are, may maybe want to get an understanding istanbul it, it's both it's both in asia and in europe as well which i think is quite a fascinating city in itself i'm a big fan of uh, uh, istanbul by the way that being said that makes it fairly unique as a city because you have quite cultural diversity between those parts here and even now as we sort of speak you're talking about like amsterdam then of course you've got Istanbul, which is there for you, and then I'm just thinking Asia as well, and then you're in Japan as in, in Japan too. You've got these sort of three main areas that are fairly sort of diverse. I mean, Amsterdam is really Northern European, let's call it like that. Istanbul is, well, I think they're a little bit more Southern European Asia, if we look at it like that, in their culture or their way of being. I mean, Istanbul is really a thriving... I mean, what is it? There's close to 20 million people that are living in this city. Some some people have said even more. It's like a country in, inside of a city. It's, it's huge. The funniest part was actually when I was living in Istanbul, I was living in Europe. And I every day had to cross the bridge to Asia, to the school where I used to work. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Eh? It, is, it was every single morning I was in Europe going to Asia and going in the evening Asia to Europe. And... I really like the mixes. For me, mixing, it, it attracts me. Let's say like this. When is there quite a difference between going from Europe to Asia and Istanbul? Because they just give the listener maybe an understanding of the difference in culture. Is there a difference in the way of the, the people that are living on the European side? Are they more European? The people on the Asian side, are they more conservative? Uh, uh, there's a difference between Europe and Asia and Istanbul, but it's not really based on being Western or more Eastern or Asian. Yes, the, the commerce is more in the European side, yeah. plus also the old city, Sultan Ahmed. And people that live in Asia, there are, much, there are more families, it's much more quiet. Residential. Than, yeah. Residential than Europe. 
but what happens you d- i never felt going from europe to asia hey now i go really from a western to a more eastern culture that's not what i felt but what you feel in istanbul especially in the european side is every street is different you are in one street that you feel like I'm really in the western part of the world. Uh, you know, there are art galleries and uh, there are opening of art galleries. People drink and people dance. But there are also different streets where people are much more conservative. They um, think a different way than the other west, than I, the western I, I, street. I've experienced exactly that. I mean, you see like in, uh, in Istanbul, at least on the... I'm, I'm generalizing, of course, but at least on the Asian side, I mean... They were more conservative for me, so you had a lot more headscarves being worn, um, those sort of things. And it's particularly changed even over the years. 10, 15 years ago, it was quite, uh, it's been quite different, I think, if you look at that from a city. I have to say it has definitely changed, but it is not particularly, in my opinion, the Asian side. But there there are much more neighborhoods where people indeed um, are more conservative. Yeah. And the area, I know the area where you have been, it's also um, an area where there are more conservative people. Yeah, definitely. I like that as well. I, I thought it was great for the diversity. Okay, so we've got cultural diversity and Istanbul is huge for that. So do you see a lot of cultural diversity in your uh, current city that you live in, in Amsterdam? I think it's probably a bit of a different sort of cultural diversity, but it's... I have to say uh, there's a lot of cultural di- diversity, but it is in a different way. In Istanbul, you I saw a lot of people from different countries, but also Turkey, you know, is a country which was part of the Ottoman Empire, where there were a lot of different cultures and ethnical backgrounds. And here in Amsterdam, I see people from all parts of the world, like Spanish people, Italian, American, Australian, Middle Eastern, Asian. You know, it's it's like a representation of the whole world. That's what I feel. Uh, what I also would like to say, Jay, here is, my interest for this cultural diversity started when I was born. Ah. It started there. My granddad came from Turkey in 1968 to the Netherlands as a guest worker. He started working for uh, the Dutch uh, railways. People that came there back that time, they got from their jobs um, public housing assigned. And in these public housings where my uh, family used to live and you know where I was born and raised, there were people from all over the places and they were all guest works there were a lot of moroccan polish egyptian somalian and i went to a primary school where we had maybe one native dutch child in the classroom one really so you had you were living in the netherlands but there was there wasn't many dutch people there at all at your school no no, it it was it was a, it was not called an immigrant school, but you know the ni- neighborhood in the neighborhood there were a lot of immigrants living, and we of went course. to the school. Were you guys learning in Dutch or were you learning in uh, English? What was the? Uh... It was a Dutch education system. It yeah, was a course. Dutch school. Yeah, yeah. Yet, uh, you know, I remember with Christmas we had, for example, decoration in school, and you had you saw all these mothers with headscarves creating Christmas decorations in the school, but they were not celebrating it back at home. 
course, they're not going to celebrate that Muslim, but they do it here because you blend yes, with the culture. Yes, yes, yeah. it was, the, you know, I, I grew up... Do you like that idea or...? Uh, I love that idea. I think I live for that idea because we were respecting each other's culture. Everyone had a different culture. Yet, but there, there my interest started and you know and i i remember also when i went to college the first year there was this project going on cultural diversity and i really wanted to be part of it and we were organizing events for minority groups and to really mingle with the native dutch uh, students and i loved it I, it was more also like hey i get a spots where i can put my voice I mean, you're organizing groups, right? Yes. So just take me through, maybe it's just me. So you organize these groups for minorities, mm -hmm. which is that like for you as a minority or? I, I would say like when growing up mm. until college, I always had to strive for, hey, I am also good. I am also okay, you know, because sometimes I face some judgments from other people. But in this, uh, in the university during the project, I was part of a larger group with all different people, which which we became kind of equal, and I got a voice in the equal area. I think this is a good segue into the whole self development piece. So I think this is good, and then we can sort of move it because this is this is bridging into this. Right. So this is a bridge into this. So let's take it like that. So. You know, self-development for you is important. Um, this is one of the topics or the areas, you know, that you, you talk about inside of that. And now we're just using the topic of you finding a voice and trying to find your voice within your minority culture within the Netherlands. Self-development, personal development, right? Yes. It can be a little bit scary sometimes, you know. You better get a little bit naked if you really want to have a look at who you are. Definitely, so definitely. When, when you talk about finding your voice, particularly in feeling you, your words where I was feeling something like uh, equal. Mm -hmm. Was there a feeling somewhere along the lines of not feeling equal? I mean, uh, through, through your journey of self-development. I think life is self-development. That's at least how I would look at it. You, you, you are developing and journeying through these things. Yes, there was. There was that I felt unequal. Yeah. There was that definitely. So how do you feel now? Do you feel equal as a... Uh, I, I think I feel equal, but I catch myself some moments, some situations that I have this feeling, oh, that's not equal. Yeah. Then I kind of react on it. But I, it's the more I catch myself, the easier it's to be conscious about it and then only observe it. Yeah, we have things around fairness. I mean, that's not only in cultural things. You have it also in like women and men. You know, and I think they, they talk a lot about this now, um, particularly with women, a lot more women going into power positions, for example, where they're not getting the same salaries that they were before. There's lack of equality or equalness or feeling they want to find a balance of that back again. It, that was definitely, you know, it was in two terms, actually. The first thing was being the Turkish girl in the Netherlands. Uh, going to the immigrant school, yet going to a white uh, middle school and high school. There was always this, when they saw me doing something, which maybe they loved or liked, it was like, oh, but you're not like the other Turks. I was like, what is the other Turk, actually? 
you know, that feeling also kind of trying to defend myself. What do you mean? What is it? And there was this extreme striving of me. I want to strive until I make it. You know, it was such a strong feeling, like a lion. You know, really like, hey, this is... I'm Something just to prove or... Uh... Definitely, definitely. I just always wanted to prove myself. This also, you know, had to do with the cultural background, not only compared to the Dutch, but I come from a Turkish family um, and my parents uh, were like, hey, we did not have that much living back in the Turkey. Now you have it. That means you have to make benefit of it and you have to strive. And maybe they told me that once, you know, it was never like they told me that constantly, but I kind of made that myself. This is mine. I have to strive. And it was also like for my parents, sometimes challenging because I never was happy with little. I just had to keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. So I, the striving thing, right? Having to prove something, the striving thing that certainly feels like it served you in a positive manner you right would say? did it ever get in your way no oh, definitely it blocked me definitely have you got an example of when the striving blocks you we do we you know yes. we're doing the personal development thing so right, just right. i'm getting you a little bit you know naked in front of the, yes the, the yes thing sure, just to talk sure. about it, right i think um my striving mentality indeed brought me to many 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 places but I, I can't think about a specific situation now, but what I also used to do is like, if I want to get a direction, you know, I want to get that, I just go for it. Like really like, boom, go for it. And I used to not think about any other people on that road. It was literally with my hands. I put them down, 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 because I want to get there. So I think... I believe that I hurt many people <laughs> in order to get there, the thing that I strive for. Ah, so and that's where a way that you could say that it got in your way. So you were not, you were maybe so focused on the, the goal or right. what you needed to do that yes. you didn't see anything else yes. other than tunnel yeah. vision in a way. It's definitely, it is like that. And you know, at the moment when I started this personal development journey, I found it here, first of all, very difficult to admit it to myself. I was like, no, I'm not like that. No, Jay, I don't do that. I'm super kind. I'm such a good person. And so it, there was denial from my side. And no one told me that, that I was that because I packed it in a way that no one ever saw it. I saw it myself. Well, I think I think culturally we're really almost, at least for, for my experience, we're, we're, we're quite designed not to... At least where I was brought, designed not to talk about those sort of things. They were considered weaknesses, and I think it was a weakness to actually admit the fact that you were selfish yes. or whatever, yes. right? So they would you you could say like my interpretation is your focus, of course, provides focus, and that's nice. But potentially, if you're knocking everyone out of the way, then it's it's all focus on you. Yes, and I think we were we were taught not to say those sort of things because it was considered negative or i was at least so maybe yeah this is this is sort of the personal development but i don't know how do you feel about that now do you think today it's a still quite taboo not to talk about those things or you think it's a a lot more people are talking about these things and being more vulnerable from a self development perspective 
I don't think there's a taboo on this. You know, people started also in this very fast-paced environment. Uh, they started to getting to know themselves through different activities, for example, yoga or meditation retreats or any other personal development, right? But I believe that the society is built on just emphasizing on what you can do and what you do great and this. And I think there's definitely a shame that people... Maybe shame is the thing then, and not so much taboo, but there's a shame there behind a, yes. showing your vulnerability. Yes. We were growing up to yes. not, like I came from a culture, don't cry. New Zealand, you a boy doesn't cry, he's got to be, we're talking cultural diversity, we're talking, you know, these child, you, need to sh- you need to be strong, stop crying, Yes. get, get over it. Yes. And then we don't talk about it, so we would not, we would park all those feelings and not say anything about it. Yeah, but how was that in your culture or your family or your your? How was that for your Turkish culture? Did you talk about stuff? Are you open about those sort of things? What you're feeling? I don't know. I would say in the Turkish culture uh, that I grew up with, it was much more closed. It wasn't easy to say things, but yet it also depends really of the family. I was, you know, uh, raised by two uh, by a mom and by my dad, and my dad was very disciplines you know one have to strive things i also learned from him and these kind of things i mean was like hey you don't do that you just you just um shut your mouth do the thing and that's it don't complain no do not complain and just do it and that's all and there was little room of telling really how you felt Whereas my mom was more the uh, nourisher in our home. She was always, oh, take it easy, you're tired, oh, don't study, oh, yeah, fine. Just have some tea, just have some food. And back then I did not really realize it, but I think it was a well-balanced I was thinking exactly it the same thing. I think they're balancing well, each other. That's a good team. One yeah. is one is getting you to strive and then you do it and the other yes. one is on the other side making yes. sure you feel nourished yes. and rested and comfortable and ready. Yeah. Yes. yes. One gets you a bit uncomfortable, you know, you've got to push yourself to move yes. and the other one gets you comfortable. So my dad my dad taught me being comfortably uncomfortable constantly and you know because it's also in my in my being it's kind of if i am in a situation that it's too comfortable i just get or bored like there should be something going on and my mom you know if my mom was you know my mom was a housewife if she wanted to sleep in the afternoon she just slept she was like okay but my dad was no I shouldn't sleep because I need to wake up tomorrow morning early and then I want to go back to bed at the same time. He was a very disciplined person, like, you know, maybe like an army even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Regimented army, very very disciplined. Was he in the army as well in Turkey? I think it was compulsory while he was... He went uh, to the army. He went to the army. He did did paid army. It was only two uh, months. It was in 1988. Yet he used to tell uh, us stories about his army time. And he said, you know, if I would have studied, if I, if I went to college, I would have been a general or something in the army. Because <laughs> he, he is super disciplined. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. And, and if we just, just to get to know you a bit, uh, bit better. So 
do you have, uh, let's say from a schooling standpoint for yourself, what have you done? Have you study these sort of things? Yeah. What have you done? Tell me, tell yes. me. I know these are all, you know, certificates or whatever, you know, what, right. what have you done? So actually also the drive mentality or what yeah. I had. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I went to college, I studied education. My undergraduate is education and then I did a master's in um, behavioral sciences, educational sciences. And, uh, the, you know, that's how I gained a bachelor and a master's degree. And then I did uh, marketing in Istanbul at the Bosphorus University during the summer. And I did, um, what did I do more? I'm just thinking, I, I did a lot of courses. What were you doing in Istanbul for a job? In Istanbul, uh, I only went actually for the summer school, but I stayed over for five years. I worked at an international school um, as a teacher. Mm. I was a teacher there. I was teaching. Uh, How old were the children, children you were teaching there? Mostly? It was first or? and second grade, six, seven, eight years old. Okay, okay. And I taught there and uh, I did also a lot of teaching in English to adults. Okay, but so you weren't teaching in Turkish in Istanbul, you no, were teaching English. I was teaching in English. International school, International school, okay. yes, right. Yeah. And then after living five years in Istanbul, I, w I wanted to move back to Amsterdam and I was, I wanted to do anything in business because... See, I uh, started working when I was 14. I worked in different grocery stores, in shops. It was always in selling and business. And I, that was also the connection with people. Again, connection, bridging. And I wanted to do something in that. So I was 29 years old. I moved back and I said, I don't want to teach full time anymore. I want to do something in that. And, you know, my surroundings, my friends, my family were like, Hey, but you have studied, you did a master, you did this, 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 just keep going with this. But I did not fully enjoy it full time. So I started uh, working at a Danish company, a bestseller at Denmark. I moved there. Uh, I did uh, business development for uh, uh, the European countries, especially for Germany. So that's like a, a sales role or sales a commercial role? role? It, yeah. it, it was a commercial role, sales okay. role, and it was kind of written on my body. It was written for me. It was something that I enjoyed a lot. I traveled a lot in whole Europe, connecting to people, selling collections, fashion collections. And then after that, I started working at a tech startup in Amsterdam, the same owner of Bestseller. I did business development there. I was, uh, in, uh, I was um, uh, selling our platform to our partners in uh, all Europe. Mm -hmm. And uh, when the startup started, I decided to close down. I did a travel and after in my travel i decided when i go back i will just start for myself ah so this was during your travels so you were doing teaching right so there was teaching going on if we go back even further you did you you, you did your school you did the university or the standard track that a lot of people are generally doing studies mm -hmm. getting degrees mm -hmm. then getting a master's degree right. great and then going there and then moving into a commercial role because i see you quite commercial myself when i talk to you obviously getting to know you but i think definitely there's a lot of sales commercial yes uh, things around uh, what you do on top of that and then now you've 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 stopped at uh, these bestseller brands you know bestseller is a big global retailer for anyone that didn't know it they're doing a lot of fast fashion stuff like that big danish outfit do very well um 
And then you decide to leave there with the, 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 the startup arm of this particular uh, bestseller uh, uh, company. Yes. And then you went traveling, right? Yes. And then you, you, you traveled and somewhere along there you probably wrote in, in a notebook or two or three and tried to figure it out what you were doing. And you came back with the idea of you want to do what? You want to be what? What do you want to become then? I wanted to become an entrepreneur, Jay. Ah, That's, cool. But I already wanted to become an entrepreneur in my mid-twenties. But I was scared for it. I was like, no, I should just do more experience here. I should just do work in Denmark. I should, you know, work here. I should do that. Uh, yet I, I already wanted to start something so up. So just, just for, for my, my, my way of sort of thing what is for you an entrepreneur what is d define for me in your terms because i you know i can tell you know i intro myself i said i've done this I've, i'm i'm an entrepreneur i do this blah 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 i've done that what what for you is an entrepreneur for me an entrepreneur is someone with a mission wanting to do something with a mission takes risks leaves the safety behind Whatever that is, eh? for someone that might be a safe job, but for the other one might be a safe country. And going for that mission, be a, that is for me someone that is an entrepreneur. And it can be, you know, it can be starting a business. It can be what I did when I was 24. I left everything here. I moved to Istanbul. It's almost like an attitude, isn't it? That's quite cool. Like an attitude, the way you explain it. Yes. It's an entrepreneur. It's like an attitude. You you leave things behind or let go of stuff. Yes, you leave things behind. Like when I was 29. Or the comforts behind, something like that, right? It is the comfort, Jay. That That is the point. It is the comfort because when I wanted to change or from teaching to the sales profession, yeah, I, I left a lot of things behind. I went from a salary that I used to earn to a totally different salary. I live, moved to another country. I started from zero, literally zero there. For example, during my last year of working at the tech startup, I really wanted to write a book. I, I wanted it. And what I did, what I left behind there was my mornings. In the mornings, I woke up every morning. I wrote for one year behind each other every morning. And there's uh, that discipline from your father coming back. Yes, there was this <laughs> discipline from my father coming So what back. are you doing? You're writing in the morning before you go to work yes. to the, do your business development job. Yes. Because right. you want to write a book. Yes, because I want to write a book. And, yes. and we'll get to the book in a bit as well. But tell me a little bit actually about what, what, what is this book that you want to uh, write about? What is the book about? So it's a book that's already finished. I am now... Um, in conversation with different publishers in the UK, US and the Netherlands. Okay. The book is a memoir slash self-awareness book. It is about myself. In the book, I am reflecting of my mind and my heart. Okay. There are um, 13 stories. And in each story, which is happening in a different country. There are this different is the diversity, of course. Thing the diversity, talking, yeah, right? it just happened. And I am reflecting on the experience I had with someone and what that taught me in life. Oh, the impact of it for you or the value that you get from it. Right. All the experiences, what happens is I really faced myself. So while writing this book, I cried a lot. It was kind of also like a self-therapy, the writing part. 
is it going to be fun at all or is it a lot of crying going no, on? No, it is actually very, very fun. When you read... Uh, I, no. I, don't get me wrong, I, I don't <laughs> mind, but heavy, heavy books. No, it's not a heavy book at all, but yet it is the thing is like when you start reading the book, you will think like, oh my God, that she writes this. She's shameless. I've read the book in part as well. You have so read the book. Of I already know this. Anyway, just, just a spoiler alert. You will think she's alert, shameless. So. She writes about that she was a beep, 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 beep. No, I, I think you're very open. That's the beautiful thing about the book. It is very, it. It are is you, very Are you going to share the title of the book here in your first podcast? or? Uh? It is not out yet. The book is going to be called uh, The Student. Funny. The Student and You've Been a Teacher. Yes. Right? Yes. There's all these similar things going on, and the student book seems to also deal with cultural diversity. It's looking at personal self-development. I actually came to realize, right. Jay, that I am not a teacher. I am actually a student. Oh, good. The student of life. A student yes. of life, yeah. indeed. That's good. That's indeed. very good. Yeah, and you know, it was also part of getting to know myself. So maybe, maybe, maybe even these sort of, of course, get to know yourself, but maybe, maybe this is a part of your whole product of you. You know, you want to be an entrepreneur. This is the product. I'm thinking the podcast, the book, whatever else is going to be added on to it, your life experience. There might be things coming up there. Not fully sure yet uh, how that looks like. Yes, I just, I want to also trust myself, you know, Mm. Uh, talking about these my dad taught me being comfortably uncomfortable, yet there are different areas which, where I was really uncomfortable. I was like, I'm going to do this podcast, but am I the right host? Am I the right person? How is it going to look like? But I thought I need to just do it. Just do it. And I also like to challenge myself in these things to make myself uncomfortable. I have, I'm like, you have to evolve, Islam. Just do it. And it isn't easy, eh? I hear from, with so many people I work in different countries, so many different organizations, I heard from people always saying like, but you just just do it, you are fearless, you just do it. And I am like, oh my God, you really don't know. I am fearful too, really I'm fearful, but what I actually do, I am fearful and do it at the same time. Yeah, I think that's the sort of, at least from my experience, it's the area of growth. Because if you think about something from a physical standpoint, let's just talk about a growth in a, a gym if you want to grow your muscles and you're a weightlifter. You need to make your muscles uncomfortable. Yes. In order to, you need to stress them yes. to, to get growth out of them, right? So this, this is also a way of making you uncomfortable again you're stressing yourself i would say in an appropriate manner don't do it to a point of breaking yourself but you need to do that to to develop or grow right yes yeah and i had definitely also moments in my life so that you I walk in uncomfortable anyway That's yes <laughs> yes I, uh, I i walk in uncomfortable yeah maybe run sometimes that's the point sometimes i run instead of uh walk and there are have been moments in my life that i broke myself because of my running mentality so i kind of like there's a really nice saying i think it came from uh, the bible i'm not fully sure yet but god grant me the wisdom of knowing what to change and what to accept i really like 
that area like sometimes you want something you just go for it but there are also moments that you just should surrender to the situation yeah and, and i like to be in that area i think it's also know know the difference between the two yes know the difference that was also of course in that uh, piece know the difference yes. between the two yeah that's important to distinguish the difference clear but yeah no okay nice nice so i think we've sort of uh, I think sort of segued in we've built like bridges between all these different four level topics if you look at right we've looked at just in general for your intro we've looked at who you are and what you're about you know who is Islam the cultural diversity thing we've looked at uh, your self-development or at least touched on that because yes. I think that's a really I, all of these are really cool areas to go into um, we've looked at the entrepreneurial part as well and we've even actually got to touch base a little bit on your book that mm -hmm. you're thing. So, I mean, that's pretty exciting, all this stuff that's going yes. on. Yes, it is really exciting. I mean... And I think this is a really good way to intro you and who you are. So, I would say, I think this is a, a good way to say, from the, being the interviewer, thanks very much for uh, spending some time to get to know you, Is and for the, for the listeners that are here. Me, personally... Like I said, I'm a really good friend of uh, Islam's and I've journeyed with her on some of the stuff here. So I think the content for a lot of things is really great. And I'm really looking forward to hearing and listening to all the different podcasts and the things that you're basically forward creating because I think the creating part thing you'd never have a problem with. That's uh, really cool and exciting to see. So uh, I just want to say thanks for the... Uh, the time to uh, spend with you in the first interview to intro you and uh, for all those people that are going to continue the journey I will be one of them as well um, have a great time and enjoy listening thank you so much Jay I, I appreciate it so much that you actually interviewed me and cool. I look forward to, uh, for uh, really nice episodes you're welcome looking forward to it too thanks bye Bridging is a podcast produced by me Özlem Özkan if you have enjoyed listening to Bridging, please rate it on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, or even better, tell a friend. Your support will make a huge difference. Thank you so much for listening.